Welcome to Sales Hiring Straight Talk, where sales leaders go for advice, tips, and resources to hire high-performing sales talent. If you find the hiring process challenging or have been disappointed when a hire couldn't sell, you're not alone. Make your sales hiring interviews rock with Sales Hiring Straight Talk. Here are your co-hosts, Jennifer Leak and Suzanne Paling. In our third season of Sales Hiring Straight Talk, we're focusing on the candidate experience and today we're continuing our conversation with longtime friend Ira Wolf. He's the president of Success Performance Solutions, a red carpet TEDx speaker, and author of the books The Perfect Storm and Recruiting in the Age of Googleization When the Shift Hits Your Plan. This is our second interview with Ira on the topic of candidate experience. Ira, let's continue on that topic and especially how it relates to the application process. How job seekers buy today how they buy you jobs, why they choose to apply to you, why they choose to accept or, or deny your job. What's the process that a job seeker goes through today that's different than in the past? And, and in many ways, it's similar to how you buy a car. I can go on the internet and, and decide I, I want to appraise my car through Carvana and pick a car up from somebody and it gets delivered to my house. I never have to go to a dealer. I don't have to deal with salespeople. I can get an internet loan for my for my vehicle. Uh, and it's all done that way. And, you know, that's certainly disrupting it. And, and for years, I, I heard car dealers say, yeah, that, that, that's not going to happen. People want to come in and touch and feel it. And all of a sudden they didn't. That's a good segue into our next question. Don't you think, Suzanne? I do. What we were thinking of, Ira, was when candidates are asked, what do they say makes a great experience? It's so easy to fix part of these problems. And, and I will tell everybody out there, it doesn't cost a dime to do it respond. The number one complaint is ghosting. You call a candidate, somebody applies for a job, they call the candidate and they never answer. I just talked to one of my own clients this morning and she said, oh, I guess it's lucky that you called me now because my first candidate didn't show up for his appointment for for the interview. But for years, candidates were trained to do that. Somebody applied and never, ever heard from the company or heard weeks later, months later, you know, through a text or through an email that they were rejected, that we can keep your resume on file. And, you know, in case you're ever interested, let us know. But there was no communication. So the number one complaint happens to be communication and communication involves a lot of things, but the one part of communication is never heard from the company. So keeping tabs, letting them know what to expect how often they'll hear. You don't have to let them know every day, but certainly, you know, it's weekly or other, or, or at least give them a timeline. Hey, you may not hear from us for two weeks, but at the end of those two weeks, we'll be sure to either to reach out to you. And a lot of this can be automated. So you can personalize automation, but at the end of those two weeks, we're going to let you know that we're still working on your resume or we've made a decision or to schedule you for an interview. It's common courtesy. It's no different mm-hmm. than when you call somebody else and they, they never call you back uh, or they're just vague and then they forget. And then all you do is get apologies and, and then you have to call again. Candidates, you know, it's part of the experience. They got fed up. The other part of it is even getting them into that, getting them that far. The applications are way too long, way too involved. I can apply for a $500,000 mortgage in less time than I can fill out an application for a $10 an hour job. It's an insane process. Most of the applications, even though they're online and they're digital now, were literally created in the 70s. What's your first name? What's your last name? City, state, where you live? What are your last three employers? If you're a baby boomer, even in Gen X, the school that you have to put down, the high school you graduated from, (laughs) uh, and the diploma, and the principal's name, and the address, and the phone number, 
And frankly, if somebody asked me that question, my high school was torn down in 1977. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I still remember the address and I still remember the principal's name, but it's irrelevant. It just doesn't matter. And they wouldn't have the records anyway. So why ask for information that's irrelevant? That's most of applications. I, I, I used to put up a slide of, of an application on a, on a tablet, like an iPad. It, it wasn't a very good application, but I just put it there to, to make my point that it needed to be mobile. There were 21 fields. And I went through the fields and there was only one that was needed, that was collected to, to hire, to, to, for somebody to apply. I'm not saying to hire the person, but for somebody to apply to the job, you don't need their first name and their last name. You don't need the street they live on. You don't need the city that they're in because all of those things bias you. That doesn't help you qualify. Are they qualified for the job? Oh yeah. You have your, the right first name or last name, or you live on the right street, or you have the right zip code, or you have a good phone number. I mean, the only thing you need to collect to see if somebody's qualified is a way to contact them if they are or they're not. So you may need a phone number or an email. And some of the emails give things away. It may be somebody's name and some some of the, some of the emails are a little dicey, but you still need a way to contact them. Other than that, what are the four or five questions you can ask to qualify somebody? Do they need a college degree? Now, we, we can get in a whole debate about jobs that say they require a four-year degree and don't, but you know, some jobs might, they require a license. You have to have to be a graduate of a certain school. You have to be a license to be a salesperson selling vehicles. Do you really need a four-year degree to be able to do that? Do you need a high school diploma to do that? Probably not, but there's probably some minimum requirement that'll be put in there. How much experience do you have? Uh, you can simply ask you questions. Do you have more than two years experience? Do you have a valid driver's license in the state of Pennsylvania or New Jersey or Virginia, wherever you're located? So there are four or five questions. And if they answer no to any of those questions, they're disqualified. If they answer yes, then it's, hey, can you have an opportunity to communicate? We just talked about communication. Is congratulations. Looks like you're a good, you may be a good fit for us. Uh, we please go to step two and complete the rest of our application or submit your resume, whichever the choice may be. But why collect all that information? Why require somebody to spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour, sometimes longer to fill out all these applications, an application that, again, 95% of most applications has information that you need if you hired the person, but you don't need it to qualify them. Well, that's really interesting. So Ira, I'm a sales leader and I find my company's application process very clunky for all candidates, including sales. What do I do? What first steps do I take to try and get the organization to have a more candidate forward experience? Ask them to quadruple your or, or more your budget because they're going to spend a lot of time sponsoring ads, looking uh, on on Indeed, ZipRecruiter, promotions, people you're going to hire you're going to, and even higher, you're going to have recruiters and and HR spending an enormous amount of time trying to dig through the weeds to fight people. You know, here, here's a great example. Most companies are saying, we're, we're lucky if we get one person apply that has qualifications. And I'm going to misquote this, but there's a company out there, is, it's Gravity, I think it's called. And I just saw this stat. It, it was the CEO, it was in the interview. For something like 42 positions, they had 25,000 people apply to the company. They have a great company culture. They treat people fairly. I mean, they, they, they truly do. I mean, this company has been written up 
multiple times. They have a wonderful culture. They have pay equity. They treat people with respect. There's a lot of transparency. So that takes a lot of work. But the reality is, and having done this for at least researched this for the last five years and been in the thick of it, if you don't have a good candidate experience and you're stuck on this application that is just overwhelmingly uh, harsh uh, and it's not helping you, then stop doing it. It's the same principles of, of buying the car. If I went in there and the first thing that they asked me to do is, I, I want you to fill out the loan application and I need all this information to you. And it's going to take you a half hour, an hour. And then if somebody's around, maybe they'll answer your questions and take you for a test drive. And that's exactly what happens. So I, I say it facetiously, but it's true, is ask them to quadruple up to 10x your budget, because that's how much money you're going to need to fill those positions. It's as simple as that. There's no getting around it. There's too much competition out there. I got to tell you, the bar is pretty low. So when I say this, there's too many people doing a really crappy job of recruiting, but they're mm -hmm. still getting people. And mm -hmm. the fact is they're only able to get away with it because there's people that are doing it worse. You can't be worse than your competitor uh, or, or you're just not going to get good people. But, but there's no way around. You're either going to have to pay your way into people or you can do it organically. And I guarantee you, it's a much better outcome if you do it organically. Ira, you said a lot of great stuff, but I've, I've written down what I think three things sales leaders or anybody recruiting should really be thinking about. One is you mentioned company brand, that the one company you just referenced obviously had a good company brand and got a lot mm -hmm. of candidates. So candidate sourcing is enhanced with a good company brand. Would you agree? Is that right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have good jobs and, and other things, but mm -hmm. an employee brand is absolutely necessary, and at least then, not a bad one. And then the second thing I wrote down was that you have to have a good, make a best first impression. So finding the application or finding the availability of jobs. So, you know, I find a company, I think it's got a great brand. Now I got to find the jobs. So you got to make it easy to and have that first impression be positive. And then the third thing I heard you say was now if somebody wants to apply the application initially should be very easy to just use four or five key questions that you must have as a screening thing. Yeah. And, and I just want to clarify, it's not easy to get the job. It's got to be easy to start the application. And right. we use this two-stage application is how do you get people in the door and interested in it so you have an opportunity to have a conversation with them? And the conversation can just be an acknowledgement, or there are many places now that once, if someone qualifies through chat, uh, you can do it through a chat bot, but there's almost an instant opportunity to do a screening to get the person on a video call, especially if they meet those qualifications to get them in. So there's, there's ways to do it, but so I don't want to say it's make it easy to get a job, but it's got to be easier to apply. And that takes focus on what do we absolutely need to know? And most of the information you don't need to know, you, know, you don't necessarily know, need to know the Dean's name of your college. What you need to know is do they, do they have a four-year degree? And, and many people today, that's going to change. Many people, people today are, are not going to have four-year degrees. They have two years of degrees because they ran out of money, got interrupted, they moved, the pandemic, the, the criteria is going to change. But yeah, you captured that all. We're here to be a resource for you. Visit saleshiringstraighttalk.com to listen to more episodes in the growing podcast library. Sales Hiring Straight Talk, so your sales hiring interviews rock.